It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Thursday. Today, we're going to finish up the interview with Chad Dotson from Red Lake Nation Radio. If you didn't catch part one, make sure you have yesterday's episode downloaded and listen to that. Today is part two. Coming up, Chad is going to say some words. I'm going to say some words. And then at the end, neither of us will be saying words. Hope you're excited about all of that because here it comes. And I got a question here. This is going to... the keep on the hot stove topic, but it's going to be a little bit off the wall. Talking about with the Reds picking up Grandall, but it's a question from Twitter, a question from Casey Fannin. Casey asks, I know this might be a crazy idea, but what if the Reds sign Garrett Cole and Yasmani Grandall and then trade Luis Castillo straight up for Francisco Lindor? Would you do the deal? I found this intriguing, at least in the aspect of that's a lot of different is the different good in this case? Oh, I, you know, I've always said, and, and I still believe it, that there are no players that are untouchable. I would trade everybody in the right deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Luis Castillo, among the guys on this current roster, is probably as close to untouchable as, as you can get. Um, would you do that for two years of Francisco Lindor? Yeah. Um, I, I think know. I would. I think you I would. would. Oh. I think I think it's a tough call. It's an absolutely difficult call either way. But two years of Francis, Francisco Lindor, um, who has been the best shortstop in baseball largely uh, since he joined the league. Um, two years of him, that's a that's a game changer in the middle of the lineup, along with Grandall. And then, you know, you get Garrett Cole, who, uh, I don't know, Luis Castillo is going to be great for the next few years. You got to give up something to get something, and two years of an elite shortstop like that, I think I probably make that deal. But that's a tough one to swallow. I'm not sure who says no first on that one. Yeah, I'm with you. I definitely think that that would really get the Indians perked up because they're probably looking to cut their payroll down a little bit. It's interesting because James Rapine has told me before that the Indians, and at least the way that their fans view them, now not necessarily exactly how they operate, but the way that their fans view them is almost the exact same as the way Bengals fans view their front office, in that they're cheap and they're just looking to save a buck any way that they can. If that's the idea, they could save a buck by trading Lindor and getting Luis Castillo whose salary is much more controllable for the next few years. And then the Reds, on the other hand, Garrett Cole, uh, he's of the right age. He's not necessarily as young as Castillo. He's 29 right now. But at the same token, we saw exactly how good he is. It's not as if we're trading Castillo for someone who maybe would be the ace. Garrett Cole would definitely be the ace of the Reds. 
And then on the other hand, you're getting Lindor, a guy who I think by himself, not necessarily by himself, make the Reds a playoff team, but definitely moves the needle a lot closer. So, oh yeah, man, that's a toughie because whew, I, t- I think that it, you really have it only works if you combine it with bringing in a Garrett Cole or a Steven Strasburg or, or a, a, just a, a top shelf pitcher. Otherwise, right. there's no reason to deal to deal Luis Castillo. But I think, you know, you can really make the argument that Garrett Cole plus Lindor is, makes the Reds better for the next two seasons anyway than Luis Castillo and, you know. Didi Gregorius, for example, or whoever you know they would they would put there. Um, I think you can make a real case of that. And in my mind, the Reds need to be looking to win the next two years. And uh, uh, it's been so long since they've really tried to win that I'm tired of waiting. And so my impatience may be showing here. But uh, I think you can make a really good case to that. And, and I, I agree with with you. And uh, I think it's a really good idea by Casey. Uh, I think the Indians this would really appeal to them getting that younger guy. And you can really kind of market it in both uh for with both fan bases i think so uh i don't know that's really interesting i hadn't considered that yeah and i i definitely casey i definitely appreciate the question he tweeted it at me and there was a reason that i didn't want to answer your question right away because i thought that was perfect content for the podcast today so thank you so much for that dude and then um another question that i got this one i think kind of ties in a little bit because we're we're talking about not necessarily rash moves because rash moves imply that there's a lot of risk and maybe not a lot of reward involved but this kind of follows along the lines of big trades in that this is a question from Eli Vincent this is on the lockdown reds line text messaging Eli Vincent all the way out from Montana what's up Eli thanks for the question man and he's way and we can play uh we can play um I don't know. I was going to come up with a name for something, and I we're going to pretend something. We're going to play pretend for just a second. Pretend GM. That's what we're going to call this segment. He asks, what uh, what would you consider that has to be in the package if the Reds were to acquire Mookie Betts? So let's pretend here for a minute. You're, um, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, you're Kane Bloom, that guy that the Red Sox just hired from Tampa Bay. And I'm Dick Williams, and I'm calling in. I'm all right, came. Here's the rub. We want Mookie Betts. What's it gonna take? Well, that's a tough one. I mean, you you gotta look at it this way first of all. Mookie Betts is elite. He he. You talk about moving the needle. We mentioned that uh, term a few times. He absolutely would, but for only one year. So that kind of tempers what you would uh, what you would offer. I would absolutely start by saying pick any two guys in our minor league system. I would yes. trade whoever the two two guys they want and and see where the discussions go from there. But I would be absolutely perfectly willing to deal them any two guys they want in the minor league system. And, you know, and I don't know who they'd pick, but uh, probably uh, you know, Hunter Green and maybe Nick Lodolo, I don't know. Um you know, uh, Jonathan India's star has uh been tarnished a little bit, but he's still considered a, a good prospect. I don't know, but that's where I would start. Um, and then just so, kind of see where the conversation goes from there. I would be willing to give up a lot for Mookie Betts, but probably less than I would be willing to give up for Lindor just because you only have Betts for one season. I agree with you. There's not a a prospect that I deem untouchable because here, here's the thing. We've gotten to the point in this 
quote unquote rebuild. We can call it rebuild, but it really there really wasn't a whole lot of rebuilding. It was hey, we, we got to get things going quickly because the rebuild itself has failed. And the whole idea of prospects are, boy, we're going to be good in a few years. I want to be good right now. And if that means that I got to trade those prospects to be good right now, then I'm all for it. So I'm with you. If they call up and they're like, we want Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, or we want Nick Lodolo and Jose Garcia. I don't know. Maybe they're worried about Hunter Green's Tommy Johnson, whatever. They can have him. Yes. And then, and then on the major league side, it's interesting because I was thinking about this. It was like, you know, would you trade Jesse Winker in this deal? I would. Yeah, yeah, I would. And I love Jesse Winker. I'm a certified member of the Jesse Winker fan club. But yeah, oh, yeah I trade him awesome. in that deal. He's awesome. I, I'm with. You. He's uh, and he's easy to root for. He kind of falls in the Derek Dietrich. Sure. Uh, line there especially i mean he endeared himself at least to me personally as a reds fan with the whole uh series in new york last year yeah. um, that was that was fantastic but um I, I would trade him uh would uh if if the red sox were like i want aristides aquino would you do that oh yeah i, yeah, I wouldn't even i would uh, try to stifle my laughter if that's who the other person they want i mean and i love aquino i think he i, I think there's a real chance that he has really changed something that's turned him into a legitimate big league uh, hitter. Um, but, oh gosh, yes. I, I would yeah. deal him in a heart because he's still he's kind of an unknown. Um, so, yes, I would I would uh, trade him immediately. Those guys. I mean, we're talking about Mookie Betts. Right, Mookie Betts, right. I mean, he's accum- six seasons in the big leagues, he's accumulated 42 wins above replacement. So he's averaging seven wins above replacement. At age 25, he had almost 11 wins above replacement. He had about seven last year. And we're talking about one of the shining stars in baseball that would be the centerpiece of the Reds lineup for one year. You know, I have fond memories of one year of Shin Su Chu. I can deal with one year of a Mookie Betts because I think it really makes the Reds significantly better. And you still have the money to go out and sign guys uh, if you trade for him. So I, I would, you know, there's going to be too much at some point that uh, it would take to get him in terms of trade assets, but I'd be willing to give up a lot, even just for one year. I agree with them with you. And, and the thought process really got solidified for me. And, and, and unless we're talking about, you know, they, they want a haul that like include, it starts with a Eugenio Suarez and Nixon Zell. Then I'm like, okay, well maybe we're getting yeah. a little bit too expensive here, but, um, Steve Offenbaker from the Reds Alert podcast had Jim McCaffrey on his most recent uh, episode. Go check that out, the Reds Alert podcast. He had a great conversation. Jim McCaffrey is the beat writer for The Athletic for the Boston Red Sox. And he asked her, he was kind of talking about Mookie Betts, just from the guise of a Reds fan, seeing if there was a possibility like the Reds could get Betts from the Red Sox. And he asked her if he would be good in center field. And before he even finished the question, she was like, oh, yeah, definitely. The, and she, she went on to explain the reason that he plays right field for the Red Sox mainly is because he has an amazing arm in right field and Fenway Park is very cavernous. And so they, they need that arm there in right field. But if things were to change and, and they got a pretty good defensive center fielder in Jackie Bradley Jr., if he were to be moved on to a different team, then Mookie Betts would move over to center field and they really wouldn't bat an eyelash. So he would fit the Reds' need 
in center field absolutely perfectly. And that kind of flows into my next question for you and how you feel about this, because I know how I feel. But first, have you tried the offer that we have for Blue Chew yet? If you're looking for a performance boost in the bedroom, and if you're looking to please your partner, check out bluechew.com and enter the promo code MLB to get your first order for free today. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew has the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in a chewable form, which means that it works faster. As soon as you need it, it's ready for you. So when you need that performance boost, Blue Chew is there for you. All you got to do is chew it and do it. Bluechew.com provides a discreet and more convenient way to get your performance boost in the bedroom because you go to the website, you fill out a questionnaire for their online pharmacist, and then they send a package to your door in discreet packaging, of course. You don't have to go to a doctor's office and talk to a guy, answer some awkward questions. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy with a box of performance-enhancing pills in your hands. No, no worries about that. It gets sent to your door after you order on bluechew.com and if it's your first time enter the promo code MLB to get your first order for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Reds podcast today. Where would you rather see Nixon Zell begin 2020? Would you rather see him in center field or at second base? Well, I think that uh, I don't have a a really strong preference. I think that whichever position he ends, lands on, the Reds need to have improved at the other position. I think, uh, I guess all things being equal, I'd rather get an elite center fielder and put him at second base because I do think he's li- likely to be a more effective player long-term at second base. He's, I mean, and we're talking a gold glover. He's, he could be a gold glover in center field too. I mean, I think he's got the potential to be that good. Right. But I could really see it happening at second base. There's maybe some chance that he'll the shoulder will have uh, less stress on it, not having to make those long throws from the outfield if he's in the infield. So I think it, marginally I would prefer second base. But if you're asking me second base plus you're adding Mookie Betts in center field, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. show, me, show me where I signed that legislation because I'm all over that. Oh, yeah. And, and you're talking about improving – the improving overall at second base second base was one of the worst positions for the reds last year and then you've got an amazing center fielder in mookie Betts, and then hopefully fingers crossed that they also couple that by signing yasmani grandal and then up the middle of the field for the reds just became a complete strength of the ball club as opposed to where it was last season where it was kind of shaky yeah, yeah, and you know we talk about Lindor and we talk about bets, and they're uh, in some ways I don't think they're pipe dreams, but we're we're kind of dreaming a little bit. But I think both are not out of the realm of possibility. But you're talking about adding an MVP type guy to the Reds right. lineup when you when you do that. Where you uh, Gregoris is going to be a nice upgrade if they get him. Uh, it's not even on the same level of upgrade as getting an MV, literally uh, an MVP type. Uh, and just putting him in the middle of the uh, the Reds lineup. So I don't think people understand how big that could be for a team that really struggled with offensively for much of the year to have a bat like that in the middle, especially if you upgrade somewhere else, uh, you know, a shortstop or catcher or whatever. So uh, I love making a big splash like that in trade if they're able to do it because they've still got the, the free agent money available. They can go improve at these other places. And I think that it can really quickly and in a minimum uh, amount of moves – 
can really turn this into a pretty good team, and uh, they'll have me excited. I'll go ahead and order my season tickets. So that'll lead us on to our next question. This one comes from Kyle K in Cincinnati. He says, if available, would you trade Rysel Iglesias straight up for Ender Enciarte? If the Braves approached the bench and said, your honor, would you trade us your closer for our center fielder? Ooh, um, he didn't have that great of a year last year. Yeah, I I think that um, you start with the fact that he's kind of a marginal hitter, and not in terms of Billy Hamilton was marginal, but you know he had a bad year this past year. But before that, he'd been a roughly league average hitter, but he'd also won three straight Gold Glove awards and had been a you know um, a, a a valuable player, a legitimate big league starter. Now you worry about what happened in his age 28 year, but he only played 65 games. So he was hurt and uh, he didn't hit well when he was here. I think that, yes, I would trade. And I've, I've been a big fan of Rezella Iglesias, uh, less so this past year. He kind of burned me up a little bit, but I still think he's just one of the most amazing arms that I've ever seen the way that he can, when he's on his game, the way he can control baseballs and make them move and go different arm angles. Love watching him pitch. Uh, and you're probably talking about dealing him at his lowest point of value. If you could get an NCRT for him, I think I'd do it. And I think I'm happy with uh, two years of NCRT in center, move Senzel to second, and then you know, you're freeing up some uh, some cash and some capital to uh, improve shortstop and uh, and catcher, potentially, or, or one of the corner outfielders. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's something I would consider, and I think it does make the Reds better if you do that. If you do that. It's definitely an intriguing move because I am of the opinion, um, just watching – baseball and seeing all the different trends when it comes to all teams not even just the reds relief pitching is a very fickle thing and where kind of like you said where uh Rysel is at this point in his career is kind of at the low point of his value but at the same time i i don't think teams should fall in love with any one reliever i mean i i always go back to eric gagne eric gagne was one of the best closers that has ever played the game because he has that that save uh, consecutive save record. Now we can talk about the save statistic another time. I don't like that stat, but whatever. The fact that he did what he did was pretty awesome, and he had crazy ERA statistics and all that other stuff. And then what happened? He fell off the face of the earth. It wasn't a gradual decline. It was a bam right then and there. He's not even worth bringing out of the bullpen in the late innings. And I think that happens with just about every other reliever. Like, there's probably a few exceptions, but not many. And if you're telling me that you can fill a knee that the Reds have had for more than a few years, and that is a overall good... Now, I'm not saying he's great. He's definitely not on the level of a Mookie Betts, but he would fill the need very nicely then yeah, you know what? I, I think I agree with you there. I think I agree. I would make that trade. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it makes the team uh, better. Even if just marginally, it does make them, make them better. Uh, with Iglesias, you know, everyone says the Reds need to improve their bullpen. And they're right. The Reds do need to improve their bullpen. But there's also 29 other teams that feel right. like right now, their, their fans feel like they need to improve their bullpen. The way the pitching is uh, being used right now, starting pitching specifically, um, well, and relievers, the way they're being used, Everyone has a need for that. So maybe Rizal's, uh value on the trade market is not quite as low as you would think given his 
2019 season. Um, and, and and the Reds need, with a need to improve the bullpen, do you want to give up on that guy? I don't know. I think at some point, some team is going to figure out how to unlock the secret for uh, building a bullpen, and, and that'll be a big uh, be a big advantage over other teams. But right now, nobody knows anything. These guys come and go. They're fungible. They uh, they're good one year, bad the next, and you really don't know who's going to be who outside of a few really elite uh, relievers. So that's why I'm never hesitant to trade any kind of a relief pitcher because you just you just don't know. So, yeah, I think I'd probably make that deal, but uh, I can understand if the Reds said no, but I don't know. I, I just think that makes your team better. This next one and this one, we get a voicemail coming in from Jimmy Feltner. Hi, Jeff. It's Jimmy Feltner. Um, I just had a couple questions for you. Do you have any thoughts on Major League Baseball changing your uniforms from Majestic uh, to being sponsored by Nike for all 30 teams? Um, I know I heard Chad talk a little bit um, on his podcast about it. I was just wondering what you thought. Also, my second question is, um, if the Reds do acquire Grandall in free agency, um, would you consider Tucker Barnhart a trade chip to acquire another outfielder or infielder? I mean, uh, we do have Kyle Farmer. Also, uh, maybe Tyler Stevenson could be a backup if he gets a call up. Uh, that's all I have for you. Thank you, Jeff, and go Reds. Thank you, Jimmy. So what do you think, first of all, about the uniforms? Because honestly, for me, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. When it comes to the uniforms, I have a Joey Votto jersey that is a Nike jersey, and it's one of my most favorite shirts because it's very comfortable. So maybe that's something. <laughs> I've been kind of a uniform guy uh, for years I, for whatever reason it appeals to me the uniform stuff and and in recent years stuff like logos on the uniforms have uh, i've lost uh any ability to get outraged by it. i know a lot of people are upset because nike's logo is going to be really prominent on all these uniforms um i don't if the other parts of the uniform look good if the design is good and i think the reds would do well to uh shake some things up in that department uh basing off uh some of the uh the throwbacks from this year i think they got a lot of ways they could go with respect to Nike being on there, you know, uh, uh, it's been almost a decade now. I I got into uh, Premier League soccer, and uh, at that mm-hmm. time, I was like, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. They don't have the name of their – they got a little crest on, on the <laughs> chest, but the, their uniforms has have some company's name on it. Who, who can right. tell who's who or whatever? And the more I've gotten into that sport, the more the more it just sort of faded away as a concern. You know who each team is by their uniforms and – uh, you know, it's just not a big deal. The NBA started doing it, and, and I enjoy watching the NBA, and they started adding just little logos. And I, there was a time when that would have really bothered me. Now, eh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's an entertainment uh, vehicle, basically. And there's always been advertising in and around entertainment. Uh, so it's not, it's no different than a, an ad on the wall, as far as I'm concerned. So it doesn't bother me. I would like to see the red switch some things up. I like their current uniform style mostly, except for the drop shadow, the black drop shadow. That they use, but otherwise I, I like their. But I think they could get creative and really go to a more classic look and uh, do like kind of like the Dodgers and the Yankees and these clubs do, and really and the Cubs emphasize their 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 history by going back to a more classic look. That's my opinion on the uniforms. I'm with I'm with you about the you mentioned the soccer uniforms because I like to watch some German soccer, some Bayern Munich, and ah. I know every time my wife will like glance at the TV when I'm watching some Bayern Munich soccer, she'll be like, you're rooting for the T-Mobile team? And I said, no, they're, <laughs> they're not the T-Mobile team. That's just, they're, they're, they're sponsored by T-Mobile. Never mind. 
go back to what you're doing. You don't like soccer. Well, uh, but it, let me let, yeah. let me throw in a plug for uh, for my team, uh, AIA, also known as Tottenham Hotspur. There so you yeah, go. you know, right? You can't tell you can't tell who they are. But but it's, it's not an issue for me. After watching for a while, you just it, you know which team you know what Aston Villa looks like in the Premier League. You know, right? So whatever. Anyway, you get used to those wide stripes and stuff. Yeah, but anyway, we can. I can talk about soccer a little bit too. That's another one. I just I love sports, man. But um, talking about mentioning the Tucker Barnhart for a trade chip thing, I think that kind of goes back to what we had mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Reds getting Grandall. I I'm with you. I think that he is the perfect rotational catcher, backup guy, and love to see him there. Now, I think it kind of depends on what sort of deal he's involved in. If he is a key component of a deal for Mookie Betts, then I got no problem with trading him. I, I would hate to see him go because I like Tucker. But at the same token, if he can bring back one of the five best players in baseball, then that's pretty nice too. Um, but overall, I don't necessarily think that he's got a ton of trade value. I don't know. Maybe you got a, a different thought there. Yeah, I don't think he's got a ton of trade value on his own. I can't imagine that he would. But as a piece in a, in a, you know, for for a team that's looking for a guy to be that uh, the, either a, a backup catcher or a, you know, sort of marginal fringy starting catcher, uh, it depends on the fit. I, as a piece, and I would not hesitate to trade him. And I think the Reds acknowledged that by uh, when they were some rumors they were shopping him a little bit last winter when they were trying to uh, acquire JT Realmuto to be the catcher. The Reds have been willing to to move on from him. I, I've already said I'd love to have Barnhart here forever. But uh, I would absolutely move on from him and, uh, you know, have whoever else as your backup catcher, whether it's Kirk Casale or Kyle Farmer, whoever, until Tyler Stevenson is ready, who I'm a big believer in, uh, and that he'll be ready in a couple of years. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with trading him. I don't want to trade him. I like the guy. And it, this is, goes back to what you said earlier, which is that we kind of fall in love with our own guys and overrate them a little bit. Um, Tucker's been a great red. He's been a great representative of this organization, and, and I love the guy. Uh, he's been nice to our podcast in particular. He's come on a, a number of times and talked with us. But, um, yeah, I would I would deal him in the right deal, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I – he doesn't even come close to untouchable. Before we go quick, what's the most recent movie that you have seen and what is one that you're looking forward to going and checking out maybe over the holidays? I know there's a couple that I've seen that I'm looking forward to. Well, I'll tell you the one that I'm absolutely looking forward to the most before I tell you what uh, – what the most recent I saw was, and that is, uh, it's a movie called uh, Parasite, and it's out in theaters now. I've not had a chance to see it, uh, and it's up there. Well, the Irishman obviously is out now as well. That's uh, Martin Scorsese's new movie, but uh, Parasite's this one. Bong, Bong Joon Ho, a Korean director, and uh, it's just it looks incredible. Um, recent movie that I watched that uh, I enjoyed. I, I, as the question, a, a recent movie. Or just a recent, uh, or just a movie that I've seen recently. Because, in terms of uh, a recent movie, uh, you know, um, I saw Judy recently, which was okay, just okay. I guess Joker I saw is the Joker's the best movie I've seen this year. Okay. Um, and and I'm not a comic book guy, but Joker is. It, well, again, it's the best movie I've seen this year. So, um, it just blew me away. Um, I did watch a, again, I'm a, I'm a, I nerd out on this stuff. And so I apologize. Everybody's going to tune out now, but I watched the, a movie called in the mood for love, which is a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it sounds like a Matthew McConaughey, uh, rom-com, but really it's a, 
uh, movie from a Hong Kong director, uh, Wong Kar Wai, that is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So anyway, there you go. I nerded out a little bit. I want to hear what your thoughts are, though. All right, all right, all right. No, um, <laughs> I, I think the last... I think the last movie I saw at the theater was um, the was the Joker. The last movie period that I watched, not like a recent movie, but the last movie that I watched, my wife had not seen before. And with uh, Doctor Sleep coming out, I wanted her to kind of be aware because I, I want to go see Doctor Sleep. But mm-hmm. we watched The Shiny the other yes. day. And, Classic Stanley Kubrick. Oh, oh, love it. I love that movie. It's hilarious because she did not she was like she's like what the heck there's all this build-up and then nothing happens at the end i'm like what are you talking about he dies well (laughs) spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but i was just like yes oh i just oh yeah i was like Uh, that's frustrating well this this movie in the move for love i was kind of geeking out on it a little bit it was just amazing the way the look of it and uh, and, and my wife was asleep 45 minutes in, so uh, I, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. But yeah, I'm with. And, and then as far as movies coming out, I, I really want to see. And it's, I mean, I want to see The Irishman, and I'll have to check out Parasite. I, I'll, I'll admit I, I'm ignorant to that movie, but I want to see Knives Out. That looks awesome. It's got Daniel Craig and. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Chris Pine and or no not Chris Pine Chris um, Evans Evans Chris Evans there's too many Chris's in Hollywood now yeah, I know. but um, but I really I, I think that one's gonna be an awesome one and yeah um, I, I I just I love movies I if I could watch baseball and watch movies then that'd be heaven I wish I could get paid to do that but hey that's all right. <laughs> well, maybe some, maybe someday you and I'll start the uh, the, the baseball slash movies podcast, and uh, we'll do it for about five listeners. But that's all right. We'll enjoy it. <laughs> for all of you who are the niche group that would fit into that, hey, big shout out to you. Um, maybe there's an announcement coming. Maybe not. Probably not. But maybe. <laughs> anyway, no, Chad, I really appreciate your time, man. I know we've gone over here, but uh, thank you so much for talking Reds baseball with me. And uh, what do you guys got coming up on the Red Lake Nation radio podcast? Uh, just more of the same nonsense that we have every week. Uh, we're just that we're having a good time with it uh, in the offseason because I, I my, my contention is that since the Reds have been so awful the last few years on the field, that this offseason really may be the most fun time to be a Reds fan because we're dreaming right now, but then maybe they'll do something. We'll have stuff to talk about. I think it's going to be an exciting uh, winter. And at the time when you followed a losing team all year, you might be getting kind of depressed and down, not wanting to watch the team. No, I think it's a, I think it's a fun time to be a Reds fan right now. I'm excited for the next few months. I absolutely agree with you. When you got the front office coming out and saying, we're going to spend more money and we're going to be aggressive about it. That is exciting. Thank you so much, man, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Can't wait. Thank you for having me on again. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.